This week we discussed the very famous story that we know since kindergarten when Abraham calls over Eliezer, his servant, and orders him to go back to Haran to bring a wife for Yitzchak from there. We asked a very basic big question on this story. Why does Abraham have to send Eliezer all the way back there? It isn't that the family over there is way better than the people here in Eretz It's not like the family there are tzaddikim, the family there are wicked people, are Rishayim as we know. So why does Abraham do that? Yeah, and we were able to suddenly see in the words here right in front of our eyes was hiding the answer of what's standing behind this whole story. Why is he sending him on this mission and it's not what you would expect. Exactly, some very beautiful things in the Pshat of the Psukim to understand about the story. You have to see in order to really understand what's going on over here. We hope you enjoy it. New week, Parashat and yes, this is one of these stories, again, that we know since a very, very young age, and it's about time we try to understand what this story is actually about. Why does Avraham decide to send Eliezer all the way back to Haran in order to bring a wife for Yitzchak? What's Avraham's real problem with the women in Eretz Knan? Why can't he have Yitzchak marry one of them? Why does he emphasize to Eliezer that he has to go all the way back to the place where I was born? Do not take a wife from Benot Knan. What is this story really about because when you think about it there isn't any other families like Avram around it's not like back home those families were good families Terach's families Nachos families they were all of the Avodah they all were idol worshippers it's not like they are better than what exists over here in Canaan it's not like they are following God like Abraham does so what is this point about why does Abraham make such a big issue about sending Eliezer to go bring a wife for Yitzchak again if what he can find over there isn't that better isn't much better than what can be found over here in Etzkanan what is this story about? Why does Avraham need Eliezer to go bring a wife for Yitzchak from Haran? It's a great question. And you know, it doesn't stop with Avraham Avinu. We see that also Yitzchak and Rivka get really worried about Yaakov and Esav marrying not Knan, women of Knan, and also send Yaakov over back to their family again to Laban, her brother, who was, you know, a big cheater and liar and not exactly someone amazing. But they send Yaakov there because there he's going to find a wife. And you know what else is interesting? that although Avram Avinu is really into this, that he has to go and get someone from there and not from Not Knan, the minute Eliezer says, wait, what if she doesn't want to come here? Should I bring Yitzchak over there? And Avram says, no, 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 no. End of deal, right? If she comes, great. If she doesn't, then then what? And he should just stay here and, and marry Not Knan? Wasn't that the worst thing in the world? So, so what's going on? Why is suddenly the idea of Yitzchak having to go marry her there so bad that the whole idea, which was seemed so important to Avram, Avinu is suddenly gone the minute he says that. And you know what's actually interesting? Avram never sent him to his family, meaning even if he knew his family were good. We don't, Sukim don't tell us this, but, but we knew he, he knows that his family are really great people. So he would send them to his family. The reason we think he sent them to his family is because when Eliezer repeats the story later, he tells them and it's part of him trying to convince them that this is, you know, the right thing and to let them, you know, allow Rivka to, to go with him. He says, Avram sent me to my family. But that's not what Avram said. Avram said, go to my land. And he did not emphasize Beit David. He says, Artsi umoladeti, place I was born, the place I came from. That's it. But I think if we do take a deeper look at the words here, we'll find something fascinating. And if we look at the words that Eliezer repeats again, we'll also see this concept repeat. Avram explains, don't take a woman from Bnot Knan asher ani yoshev bekirbo. He has these extra words. Don't take a woman 
woman from the women of Canaan, which I am sitting amongst them. And this is repeated a little bit differently by Eliezer. What is this about? What do you mean? I, I know where you're sitting. What do you mean the women of Canaan, which I am sitting amongst? Obviously, the fact that he's sitting amongst them is key to understanding why you shouldn't take them. It's not because you'll never find a good girl in Canaan. And, you know, there in Haran, everyone's wonderful. No, it's not that. It has to do with the fact that you're sitting amongst them. And maybe that's what it's all about. Maybe Avram Avinu here is thinking about the promise he received from HaKadosh Baruch. And the promise is, leave Artsiu Maladeti and go to the land which I will give you. Now just think about what's happening here. Avram now is still living amongst Knad, amongst the people of Knad. And he's told that he will get this land. Not yet, it's gonna happen in the future, but he's gonna get the land. What would happen if Avram would intermarry with Knad? Suddenly, Knad and Avram are one family. We don't have that promise anymore of Avram's children getting the land of Knad instead of Knad, of Knad being taken out and Avram and his children getting the land of Knad because they're all intermarried. They're going to say, what do you mean? This is our land. And Knan won't see this as a godly promise. Knan lived there anyways. Eretz Israel is something that's given to who Hashem chose. And Hashem chose Avram Avinu and brought him here to give him the land. And I think there are two things happening here because if Avram's child marries someone from the people he's amongst, from not Knan, then Knan will see the land as theirs. They'll think they have the right for the land. And even you who have this godly promise, it doesn't matter. I'm part of that family. This is my children too. For Avram to receive that godly promise, he has to bring someone from the outside who's not part of the people of this land. And they will come to the land and receive the land because of the godly promise. And I think there's also another aspect here, that if Avram marries into the people around him, then Avram will lose his uniqueness. His Am Levadadishkon, Am Yisrael has to develop and not just mix in, because the minute one of the children marries one of the Not Knan, it doesn't end there. They just all mix together. Avram stops being Avram who is sent here on a mission. He becomes Avram who's part of Not Knan, who's part of Bnei Knan. And we see this when Yaakov comes with Shechem, where they say, let's all marry, you marry our children, we're marry yours, it's all going to be, we're all going to be one big nation. Avram is trying to avoid that. And we see this promise was in Avram's mind because the next thing he says to Eliezer, when Eliezer says, you know, who, who knows if it's going to work? He says, the God that took me out of my homeland and promised me Eretz Yisrael and brought me here, he's the God that's going to guide you on this mission. Why that God? What does that have to do with anything? He's looking for a shida. No, this is all part of fulfilling that promise. And maybe that's why it's so clear now why he says, so what if she says, you know, I don't want to come, so let's bring Yitzchak there. Of course not. That would ruin the whole point. The whole point is about Eretz Yisrael, is about Yitzchak inheriting Eretz Yisrael, and Yitzchak not just intermarrying with the people here and not being able to inherit with that godly promise, Eretz Yisrael. And I think we also see this later on in Parshat Toldot, because when Yitzchak sends Yaakov, what does he tell him? He says, go to your mother's family and find the wife there and you will receive the promise of Avram of the land. What does one have to do with the other? They're connected. The whole idea of sending Eliezer to find the wife from there, Misham and not from here, and Yaakov finding from there and not from here is Yaakov and Yitzchak and Avram's family continuing to fulfill their mission and their promise of staying unique and receiving the godly 
godly promise of the land and not just mixing in with the women of this place. I think this shines an entirely different light on the whole story happening. Exactly, exactly. Like you're saying, the whole point over here, the whole story over here is about the land of Eretz Yisrael and Abraham, Yitzchak, Yaakov. We inherit the land of Eretz Yisrael out of the godly promise that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave to Abraham because Eretz Yisrael is a godly land, is a land that, as we said so many times, is looked at by HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the special land for Am Yisrael, for the sons of Abraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. This is what the story is over here. And like you were saying, it's not only about keeping that uniqueness to the family of Abraham, making sure he's only marrying inside the family to keep that uniqueness. We talked about that also a few years ago in Pashat Noach about what real diversity is about. Not when everybody is the same and everybody does exactly the same and thinks the same. No, it's when each one has their own uniqueness and still everybody works together. We talked about that. This is part of it, but maybe more than that, like you were saying, as we see in the Pesukim and we see throughout the entire Parsha, it's about making sure that also Yitzchak's wife, also Yitzchak's better half, does this Lech Lecha, does this moving from where they were born to Eretz Yisrael out of this godly promise, understanding that the land that they will inherit is because the godly promise, is because HaKadosh Baruch Hu promised this land for us. Again, there's many reasons to be in this land, but above all, and number one on the reasons list is this promise that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave Abraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. This is what it's about. And we see it, first of all, in the beginning of the Parsha with Abraham, where he makes sure to buy for full money the plot of land in order to bury Sarah. He doesn't take it as a gift. He doesn't want the people who lived there to say, oh, we gave it to Abraham, but it actually doesn't. No, Abraham bought it full-fledged, fully paid for it in order for it to be his, in order for it to be ours. And we see later on in the Parsha, after Yitzchak gets married, we see Abraham is about to die. The last thing he does, he sends out all the rest of his sons. He sends them away, but he doesn't only, Vaishlachem, he doesn't only send them away. He sends them away to specific other lands, to Vaishlachem, Kedma, to a different land, because this land belongs to Yitzchak and belongs to Rivka, belongs to the ones who came here because of the godly promise, because this land is ours because of the Baruch who promised us this land. This is what this story is about. And again, we keep on saying in our videos that you have to pay attention to the words the Torah uses, to the pattern the Torah uses. And there's such a clear pattern over here in the beginning of the story where the Torah says, Abraham is old and he has everything. He was blessed with everything. But then the next Pasuk says that he called over his servant, which was Zakan Beito, is also old, but the old person in his house. Meaning if Abraham is the old wise man in charge of everything, then this guy, the servant, is the old wise servant that's in charge of all the properties. That is the CEO of Abraham's house, which is the chief of staff of Abraham's operations. This chief of staff, this Zakan Beito, is also in charge of Kol Asher Lo, everything that Abraham has. And we see these comparisons between Zaken Baba Amim and Zakan Beito and Berach Bakol, he was blessed with everything, but the man in charge was only in charge Kol Asher Lo, everything he had. And you have to ask yourself, what is the difference between being Berach Bakol, being blessed with everything, and being in charge of everything you have? And maybe this is exactly it. Abraham was blessed with everything. Abraham was blessed with the land for his offspring, for his next generations, for his children, but he was only blessed with this. As we see later on when he tells Eliezer, HaKadosh Baruch Hu promised me this, this is the blessing I got, but right now he doesn't have it yet. It's not under Kora Sherlo. he doesn't own it yet because he doesn't have his offspring yet. It's not there yet. And this is what Abraham is looking to fulfill. Abraham is looking to make sure that this blessing of Hashem Berachet Abraham Bakol will happen, that his children to come will inherit this land out of this 
this promise from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, out of this blessing from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, this is what Abraham is looking for. This is the difference over here in the beginning between Zakan Beito and Abraham Zaken Baba because Abraham again sees the blessing. He has the blessing from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That is what he looks at. That's what he cares about. That's what's in his mind thinking about the future generations getting this land, inheriting this land versus Eliezer who is in control of everything Abraham owns at the moment in the present. That's his job to fulfill. He's in charge of everything right now. Right now they don't have the entire land. That's what Eliezer is thinking about. But Abraham again, he's thinking about making sure that the right to inherit this land will be the godly right, will be this promise for the blessing he received from HaKadosh Baruch Hu back in Parashat Lech Lecha because he himself did this Lech Lecha and this is what he wants also from Yitzchak's wife to do the Lech Lecha too in order to come to this land out of this godly promise. This is what this whole Parsha is about. This is what we see over here and of course we cannot not mention the Gemara that we learned just a few weeks ago in the end of Maser and Zavot. Sometimes it's not easy to hear. Sometimes you don't want to hear it but it's a Gemara and this is what the Gemara says and there are many explanations to the Gemara on the Pshat level. The people of Am Yisrael, the Jewish nation has to live in Eretz Yisrael because this is where our connection with HaKadosh Baruch Hu is. This is where we fulfill the promise that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us and we fulfill our job that we have to do in this world through this land with our entire nation. This is maybe what's going on over here. Why Avraham is emphasizing so much to Eliezer to make sure he goes to bring someone back from Haran. Not because the people there are better or different than the people here. It's because this godly promise for the land, making sure that his generations to come will inherit this land out of that godly promise, out of the promise that Kadosh Baruch Hu gave him in Brit Ben Abetarim. That's the right for our land. This is what Abraham is telling us over here. You know, I think that also answers at some level, there's a question here that the Mepharshim try to also understand is what is Avram telling Eliezer to go to Artsiu Muladeti, my land, place where I was born. Haran, where he goes, isn't the place where he was born and it's not his land. We know from Parshat Lech Lecha, he's from Ur Kasdim. He only got to Haran on the way over to Eretz Israel, to Eretz Knan. So how did that suddenly become Artsiu Muladeti? And there's different explanations. But I think if we look at the bigger picture here or at the spiritual level here, Avram is maybe hinting to something else. When was Haran last called Artsiu Muladeti? When Avram got Lech Lecha. Also then he was told Lech Lecha Ma'artzecha Umimoladecha and the same question came up. What do you mean? Haran isn't Artsiu Muladeti. He already left his Artsiu Muladeti. He maybe still was with his family but he had left already Artsiu Muladeti. But when he tells him go back to Artsiu Muladeti you can't not see the connection with the mission of Lech Lecha. And as you were saying before at some level what Avram is saying I want Yitzchak's wife to do a Lech Lecha herself. When will she be fit for Yitzchak? When she herself also left Artsa Umuladeta and came here on a mission. I don't want people who are here because they're just here and they think they deserve it. I want Lech Lecha people. That's the type of family we are. We are a family of Lech Lecha. We are a family of people who get up and go on a mission because God sent us on that mission not just because that's what things are and that's where we are. That's what he's looking for for Yitzchak. That's why he's sending Eliezer all the way there to find the right wife for Yitzchak Avin. Beautiful, beautiful. And as you're saying, this is our mission even today. Here in Eretz Yisrael, our mission is to build this land, to build this country, to build this state in order to be a light onto the nations from Eretz Yisrael, from here. This is our land. We are here on a mission, a godly mission that we have. We must not forget it. Again, many, many reasons for us to be in this land. But above all, this is the number one reason. But as usual, we're out of time. We'll have to end here. We'll just remind the viewers what we've discussed the past couple of years. Last year, we discussed Eliezer when he arrives in Haran and he asks for a sign to know who he should pick, which is the right wife for Yitzchak. And we asked the question, why 
why does Eliezer need a sign? Why doesn't he just do what Yaakov did many years later when Yaakov just went and looked for Laban's family? Why couldn't he also just ask for the family of Abraham or for specific people? Why does he need a sign? We'll link that video at the end of this one. We've also, two years ago, we discussed when Eliezer tells over the story to Laban and Betuel. Again, every single letter, every single word in the Torah has a meaning, is there for a reason. So why does the Torah elaborate so much that story? Why does the Torah repeat the whole story again, even so much so that Chazal tells us, Chazal learned from this that the conversation of Avadeh Avot is even more beautiful than the Torah itself from the sons from the Torah of Yitzhak of Yaakov. What's going on over here? What's so beautiful about that conversation of Eliezer, of what Eliezer is telling over to Laban and Betuel? We'll link that video too. And as usual, also, if you enjoy this video, feel free to like it, comment below. We love those comments. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't yet subscribed. And of course, if you enjoyed this, feel free to share it around. And Shkoyach Yitzi. Shkoyach Tuvia, Shabbat Shalom. Shkoyach to you, Shabbat Shalom. And I'm Mitzvah Shem. We'll talk again next week.